I was thinking on my way over here, you know how we were saying like Amwim, and I think in one of the first episodes you're like, yeah, let's make it catch on. But I also realized that our closing credits say Amwim, so it'll catch on before we catch on. <laughs> By the time this airs, like sure. yeah. people will have heard us call it Amwim in the closing credits, but we're trying to just catch it on now. Yeah, well, it's like a little time loop. Welcome to Amwim. Watch on the process beginning to end. Talking shop with your musical friends. Austin and Min. Austin and Min. Write a musical. Amwam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, welcome back to episode four. Yay. Um, should we, uh, what should we do to start? Should we talk about stuff we've engaged with or should we review what happened last episode? Let's start with engaged with. Because yeah. then if we review, it'll flow us into what we want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the main subject. Yeah. Um, what have you been engaging with? Um, the season, the latest season of Broad City finally ah. came to Hulu, and I love it. I love it so much. Cool. What do you love? Um, it's, it's like girls, except um, it's so happy. <laughs> um. Like, I really like that it's this female-led show, and it's uh, sort of, it feels like so completely their vision, Um, which was true of girls, too, but girls made me feel so uncomfortable, which I think was the goal. (laughs) Like, I think that's Lena Dunham's, like, Uh style of humor and storytelling and that kind of thing. It's, like, I don't know, exploring people's gross behavior. Uh-huh. And I guess Broad City has similarly sort of gross behavior, but it's such a celebration of, I don't know, I'm just so happy about it. Nice. I've actually never seen Girls, mm. and I've only seen the first episode of Broad City, and it <laughs> maybe it just felt younger for for mm-hmm. me to catch on to. I was, I mean, not that I'm super old, but like it was just like, oh, I could see why this is fun, but I also don't. It didn't, like, grab me. So maybe I need to watch a few more episodes. I don't know. I think it's one of those shows that, like, rely... A lot of the jokes rely on you sort of knowing who like these the people are. Like the build-up of the episodes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, this is a thing that they... Yeah. That this person likes, and that's, exa- oh, that's exactly the kind of thing this person would say. Got it. Um, okay, maybe I'll give it another try. That's yeah. kind of how Steven Universe unfolds. Mm-hmm. When you watch the first one, it just looks kind of like a silly cartoon. Um... But Sorry. as you uh, continue watching it, you realize there's more. There's just a whole epic story behind it that you didn't realize when it just looks like this kid raised by these three guardians. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that that's not what I engaged with necessarily. I was <laughs> yeah. Just what did that you up. engage with? Um, I actually saw Berkeley Playhouse's production of Ragtime, and I really liked it. Good. Um, Ragtime. I don't know how much you know about Ragtime, but it's a very epic show it kind of harkens to like these sweeping big scores huge casts and it's long it takes like a good two hours and 30 minutes that's without the intermission Mm -hmm. to like unfold um and so when local theaters put it on uh there's an there's a chance that it might not be great because there's just things that the broadway budget affords Mm -hmm. that a local theater cannot but i thought um, William Hodgson, who's the director, he was able to kind of find really interesting moments and and weaving the character. I mean, the story weaves a whole bunch of 
different characters together, but I, I just felt like uh, it was a very well-focused and, um, I don't know, the, the emotions of the actors really came through, and I was yeah. watching it on a Sunday matinee after I'm sure they've had really tiring performances, mm-hmm. and they gave it their all, so it was definitely moving, and this is so cheesy, but it was very relevant to things that are happening today, because it deals with african-american rights it deals with immigrant rights it deals with women's rights and so it kind of tackles all of those at the turn of the 20th century yeah um and all with this very ragtime slash power ballad infused score yeah um so yeah i was very captivated well i'm sure it's nice to see a show where you know that in modern times we have solved all of the problems it presents I mean, when the show came out, it was the late 90s, and the ending of the actual show, I feel like, does put a little bit too much of a, like, and things are fine, right? Like, like oh, not, that not, that really? it's, not that it's 100% fine, but, like, it paints a very optimistic picture of what's oh. to come, at least in my opinion. Sure. Uh, well, because, we all remember the 90s. <laughs> such an optimistic but, time. But I think that was a big part. It was, like, there was a, there's a definitely a sense of, like, looking forward to, like, how we could be, which is... A great message to have, I think, but in the midst of like what I feel like is a very tumultuous political time for myself and many other people, it it did feel a little like, uh, well, the show needs to end, so we're at the end. But that's indicative of, I think, the time that it's written, not because it's a poorly written show. No, no, so. yeah, yeah, no. And um, and to be clear, I was joking about having solved all of the problems. That's the problem that. with you, Austin. I can't tell. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I know that's you actually- can. It's, it's like. I don't know who's listened to this. Well, that's the one thing seriously. You've told me that before, which is like you have to be careful how you joke about things around different people. Oh yeah, because if people don't know you, they think you're being serious, but you're actually almost playing a character. Yeah, of the clueless straight white guy. Yeah, 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 no, and every now and then it's just like, oh dear. Right. So there might be like women out there and people have covered up there who just don't like you because they heard you make that joke and they yeah, think you're well, stupid. Yeah, well, that's, and... that's something I should work on. <laughs> um, Although, to be fair, this podcast is 70... No. Uh, no. I, I can't do my math in my head. But it's five-eighths Asian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you are a quarter... Um, yeah. Quarter? Uh-huh. Yes. Japanese. Uh-huh. American. Or yes. Just, yeah. I don't yeah. know how that figures out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so but, this is actually. So I've uh, got you know some multicultural yeah. credit. I mean, this is a minority-driven show. <laughs> show podcast. Anyway, yeah. um, so uh, what did we talk about last week? Yeah. What did we talk about last week? We talked about a little bit about the the world of this um, computer program and um, the some of the mechanics, I guess, of that, and we had sort of teased the idea of um talking about some characters in this world yeah did and you you in particular felt seemed like you were feeling pretty excited did you have further thoughts immediately after the episode well so i i'm i think i'm just excited to start sort of hashing it out we had taught one of the the things that we'd touched on last time was this idea of um sort of uh self-actualization or Uh like are you playing a character online that is like you? I guess I like the idea that there's some sort of romance thing between these uh-huh. two characters. Uh-huh. And so um, I feel like one of them should be unavailable in real life. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I also wonder, could both be unavailable for different reasons in yeah. some way? And that's, this gaming world provides an escape or a place to, like, you know, blur the edges a little bit or, or find relief or release from something else that they're facing. Yeah. Um, maybe one's in a happy marriage, one's in an unhappy, maybe it's not marriage, maybe it's something else that's keeping them... Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I like, and maybe this is because I am a writer, but this seems... That, no, I don't. Sorry, we can cut that out. Um, <laughs> cut this in post, please. Uh, the uh, I What I like is this idea that these characters uh-huh. are in love, uh-huh. and like that is so true and meaningful that these people... That these, uh, avatars online would, oh, would be in love uh-huh. and there's this real temptation like I am my avatar right like uh, uh. and you are yours in some way and we could be together but like you you are in a relation you are in a ha- you are happy in your real life in this relationship and like my coming to you would ruin that right and also maybe I am in fact not my avatar. Right, right, right. Like, I'm playing a woman or whatever. Yeah, um, I mean, do you... Are you thinking that there might be some kind of moment where they actually see each other face-to-face in real life and realize that, like, they are not fully their avatar selves? I don't know. Like that? I think I think that it seems like a real possibility. What this reminds me of is, like... People who form strong relationships over texting or email. Uh-huh. And then my only evidence of this is watching the MTV show Catfish, so maybe that's not the best. <laughs> but I feel like when you're writing things, you can. there's a certain level of like measuring out how you express yourself mm-hmm. through writing that when you actually are face-to-face and in the physical presence of a person could be different. It doesn't have to be. But this this feels like it could be similar to that, where it's like your texting banter might be really great, but as soon as you meet face to face, there's actually a social awkwardness, or yeah. you know they they actually can't do eye contact or face to face, something like that. I, yeah, I mean it's just context is everything. I uh-huh. I think one thing this bring up for me though is uh, I've seen a couple like chat room shows, oh. um, like. Uh, um, Oh, Water by the Spoonfall, I think. Uh-huh. It has a big, like, online community thing. And yes. they're sort of typing to each other. Um, and I think we might do better to sort of explore, like, a more advanced technology of, like, mm. we are, you sort of are embodied in this, like, either a virtual reality space or whatever it is. Yeah. Just because yeah. I think I'm more interested in, like, it's sort of, because there, if you're typing, I totally agree. Like, there is this room to, like, really put up a barrier between who you are. You can really censor yourself and sort of correct yourself. Right. Whereas, like, if you are sort of embodying this... I don't know. It's, I think I'm just excited to see, like, in a space where you can really, truly reinvent yourself. Right. Um, how to you are still yourself. Like that is still a fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, how does that play? And is, is that version of yourself a truer version? Yeah. Because you kind of got to 
conjure it up from who you know you are versus like society has made you into the person you are in real life. Yeah. Or like you feel like you're beholden to rules or what have you. Uh, something that came up when you're talking about plays that have chatting. Uh-huh. I mean, I've seen, uh, so I'll, I'll start with, I'll actually say what I'm going to say before I disclaim it. <laughs> um, you know, there are many, and in TV and cartoons too, where people are chatting, saying what they're chatting and typing, that that's genuinely what they're thinking. Mm. Um, and I have seen some examples where th- there's some humor rot from what they decide to reply with is not at all what they're actually wanting to say or thinking. Sure, yeah. I think it is far more interesting to kind of highlight the ways in which that avatar or that text or however is not at all like, uh, or, or is not showing the whole thought process behind the presentation, mm-hmm. so to speak. Like that there's a whole lot of thought that goes on that maybe isn't put forth because that's the, there's some sort of filter before it gets to be presented as an avatar. Yeah. And that there could be humor wrought from that as far as like when they are talking to each other these characters you actually see this person think this could be a song moment quite honestly where they like are singing to the audience what they actually are thinking and Mm -hmm. then in the game itself they say a one line that's completely not sure or sums up everything or or something like that so but there is what's coming up for me is this idea of true true self yeah where does the true self lie if you have this character that you've created Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um, totally. Well, and yeah, uh, I just think that's so interesting. Sort of like, cause I'll, I mean, now I'm thinking we should, we should call the game like true self or something like that. Mm. Um, although <laughs> now that I think about it, that might, uh, we could see how, what, plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, but, um, but yeah, I mean like that if, if, if I believe that I have created the, the right version of me and that version of me is in love with this other person Mm -hmm. like isn't that my truest love um Uh and that kind of thing uh because i because i mean yeah i think i think i disagree with that i mean i think it's right right, but it's also like but there's also oh but i do i it's just so beautifully complicated there's there's, there's a lot of layers to that because it's also like by you creating yourself, we all are flawed. We all have blindnesses. So there's yeah. going to be something you got wrong. Mm-hmm. Going to be something that you're not seeing about how you've created this self yeah. that will, you know, come to haunt you later or something. Um, yeah, I, I like that idea as a, as a it's kind of, it feels like we're kind of landing on a theme. A, yeah. A literary theme almost. <laughs> of like, what is the show about or what are we interested in exploring? By yeah. using this game world, um, I I did have more of a like meta or like bird's eye view type question sure. about characters, which is one of these questions that comes up in theater conferences, and people talk about it all the time. But I think we can talk about it as it relates to you and I specifically, which is when we're deciding who these characters are. There's almost like uh, a tension between mm-hmm. trying to represent stories that have not been told. Mm-hmm. But then also realizing, like, is it our place to tell stories if we don't identify as those identities that we're trying to tell? Yeah. So I guess that, that I mean, that could go on forever. Yeah, but yeah. But, like, do you have thoughts on that 
for example, if we were to introduce a transgender character, there's on the one hand, it's like we need more. So great, but it's not. Is it really our story to tell? And are we gonna, you know, do it justice as yeah. far as how we portray them? Yeah, I think that we should. Uh, I th- I think I'm just gonna th- start talking. Um, <laughs> I think that we should look to story first. Certainly, be mindful of like the kinds of stories that we're interested in telling. Mm-hmm. And then if that introduces characters who are... I, I think if that brings up questions, we need to do our due diligence to like approach those communities and and involve them, I guess. Right, right, right. Um, I don't know, but then that feels like sort of touristy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a real... Tension. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Uh, because, you know, I think where, especially where we live, Bay Area, there's a big drive to tell underrepresented stories, which is, it's a double-edged thing. Because yeah. it's always like, great, great. But then it's also, it's for a largely homogeneously white, cisgendered male. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, well, theater audiences are can be skewed female but the point being <laughs> yeah, yeah. that there's a homo- homogeneity to the audience that we end up being able to reach so whose stories are we telling why are we telling them and who are we telling them to uh it's just something i think we have to keep coming back to as we develop the characters mm-hmm. um like we could have a native american character and there's a benefit in both just having a story where the character just happens to have Native blood. Yeah. Um, or on the other hand, there might be a, like, why does it have to be a Native American character? Why do we have to specify it? Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just, yeah. this tension exists. Totally. And um, we want to just be aware of it. And Yeah. No, I... It's tough. I have such a strong disinclination to to specify a lot of stuff in scripts. Sure. Like even just stage directions. Um, <laughs> but, I, but it speaks to like, I don't know. I have like a teen murder comedy that I have kicking around in my head. And it's like, I just don't, I, I it's like, it's a different kind of blindness to like, just sort of leave it all up to the casting director yeah. and the director. Um, like, that sort of just passing the buck, I guess. But it also, like, I also don't want to limit the show. Like, it could be... Right. I don't know. I mean, and that's... There's another tension there because we might, uh, or most likely will inevitably, like, write in a certain way yeah. that may not be genuine to other cultures that are not us. Yeah. So, without meaning to, we might write characters that end up being kind of this upper-middle-class hipster and yeah. that it fits a certain type. Um, I don't know. It, it's just something to be aware of. And yeah, yeah, yeah. why are we doing anything? Why are we doing anything? I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, I think, it's, I think ultimately we just need to write from, start from a place of story and then just take feedback also. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's why readings and workshops are so important. Are we wanting to get into specifics yet? I mean, like, I who think are these people? We're going to have to at some point, right? Yeah. 
Um, Did you have any thoughts on like who are our who are our leads? It sounds like I, I, I'm on board with this idea of two central characters. Yeah. Um, and in a very kind of sticky situation as far as love and romance might go. Um, but who are these characters? Yeah. Did we talk about on my class time? Did we talk about them like meeting in like an office? We did. Situation? I think it was on the episode. Oh, okay, cool. If not, sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so who are these characters? Well, so... Like, in an office in the game. Yes. Like, yeah. in, in a very mundane... We, we use the word mundane, like... <laughs> you could play a drinking game with the word mundane or mundaneness last episode. Um, just have fun with that. But, yeah. yeah, we talked about them meeting in a very, like, mundane situation. The example we came up with was an office setting. Um, I think we both like the idea of the game itself not being this, like... Lord of the Ringsy fantasy game, which I feel like a lot of theater examples of fantasy games yes. are this Dungeons and Dragons, Lord of the Rings fantasy world. I really do like this idea of it being Sims like. Yeah. 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 And I, I also like the idea of this, of the mechanic being that you've, like, this is a low level entry, um, yeah. <laughs> entry level in the game, right? Working in this office or whatever, and you, the intention is that you will go off and do other things. But there's like a group of people that really just like hanging out there, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and like that's how they get to know each other. And then I, I think we had even mentioned like this. I, I like there being like a realization that they've worked here for so long that like they're actually now. They've they've leveled yes. up through this beginning level so much that it's sort of like an unanticipated glitch of like oh wow right. they are in fact they have the power to like completely remake this right. world or, or whatever it is amassed so much money over time yeah or they've yeah um so but going back to like the initial they like just kind of working in, at this job yeah um who would that be like why would a real life person find that appealing in a game that i feel like i'm trying to work backwards yeah. from that no i like, completely agree the first thing that comes to my mind is somebody who's in a really high stress situation might like this really mundane online mm. game job yeah because their real life job might be crazy like sure. as far as schedule and yeah so who's that um i mean an er doctor ah. um a uh Truck, an astronaut. <laughs> a truck, dra- astronaut. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what are what are high stress jobs? High stress, or and, and what I mean by high stress specifically in this example is like multifaceted. Mm. Like, because uh, there are high stress jobs are everywhere, right? Like yeah. working at Trader Joe's could be a high stress sure. job. It's just that this particular job has so many like things to keep in your head uh-huh. scheduling meeting with this person i have to do these tasks here i have to organize this here i forgot to send that to them yeah. something like that where to go online and to only have to like press one button whenever mm-hmm. you see the light come on yeah something like that is really soothing and like ah this i can control this i can manage yeah. so it doesn't even have to be i think uh my brain might already associate high stress with like upper level corporate but i don't think it has to be that Sure, and well, it doesn't have to be higher up on a a social like economic scale, but just that it, you know, it pulls you left and right. Yeah, yeah. Stress might not even necessarily be the right word. Mm-hmm. Hectic. Hectic. Yeah. Yeah, a hectic job. Um, so or a hectic life. 
It could sure, be yeah. it could be like I have to take care of my mom. Uh-huh. I have these kids from another marriage. Like all the you know, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. just a lot going on. So yes. the game is like brings you down. And, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um so then who's who's another person that would find this game attractive? Yeah. because um, I don't think it should be two people of the same I don't think right. it should be one isn't one is from a high stress situation and the other is, is. Um, we could go complete opposite, which is completely directionless and directionless and lost. And so pushing the button feels like, well, at least I know I can do this. Sure. Yeah. I've got nothing else going on. I have nothing else going on. I'm trying really hard. I'm going to the unemployment office. I'm trying to get a job or, or their job is, well, no, see, I don't think they would do this online job if their job that they already had was boring. So maybe they're a student, maybe they're, they don't have, I, I feel like. I don't know what their job would be. Maybe they came into money, and uh-huh. so they just like have all this time on their hands. I like the idea of a student because that also sort of sets up an age difference that I like. Uh huh. Um, and 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 the idea, I I like the idea of a of a character, for whom, like that puts one of them very ground. Like someone is sort of like too built into their real life mm-hmm. and this is an escape yeah and one person is sort of just creating their real life uh-huh. alongside this thing that they're creating online yeah um i like that dynamic i even wonder if this quote student character is doing this as a sort of like what my life could look like like they don't know anything about the corporate world they don't mm. know they haven't had their like entry level job yet and it's kind of like i don't know i don't know if this is a thing but if like the student was like i can't wait to like get my first full time job I, I don't know if that's a thing <laughs> <laughs> i'm making this character up maybe that's not a thing um i can't wait <laughs> to enter the workforce there's our i want song <laughs> I want a job, job, job. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, copyrighted, by the way. Just kidding. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. I like I like this contrast idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what do you want to talk about? Gender. Sure. Um, yeah, that crossed my mind as far as. Um, yeah. What? Who are these? people yeah um i like the idea that one of them at at least is playing the opposite gender online uh uh-huh um and i don't know what the most interesting version of that is um right um i mean i i don't know i i don't know either there there's i feel like the person with the hectic life it might make more i don't know if it's more sense but i feel drawn to the idea that the person with the hectic life is the one who kind of casts a different vision of themselves yeah completely Mm -hmm. um versus the one who's kind of got an open book before them i think that makes the most sense um although i i could see it going the other way too um, and you seem drawn to the idea of like one of the specifics is that they change their gender in game. Yeah. Whether it's a a man who then goes into the game and creates a female character or vice versa. Yeah, I think that's 
I think that's one of the exciting reinventions that you can do in mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if this just came to me. Um, if the the student character whose life is more open mm-hmm. uh, isn't isn't per se transgender so much as gender queer, where they it's not specifically I am a woman trapped inside a man's body, but it's more like I identify as they, and I don't conform to either one. Sure. Um, just I, I feel like that the reason being not yeah. just to throw in a genderqueer person, but to contrast this other person who's in a really like high high stress I don't know high hecticness uh-huh. situation and who almost uses gender as a binary mm-hmm. as a like then I'm going to be the complete opposite of what I am sure. in game uh-huh. versus this other character for whom it's like there is no opposite it's just yeah who I am uh-huh. um, I don't know. Yeah, you can yeah. sit on that and see what that what what that leads to, but no, I mean I like I we're we're exploring contrasts which yeah. I like, um, and I feel and the reason that came up is I think because then there's a learning opportunity for the person who's so binary that it was like well I'm making a point by being a man in game or I'm making a point by being a woman in game where there's other persons like okay that's cool if that means something to you but. I don't belong to either category, so sure. What you know? Open your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that 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 there's a because they do need to have a contrast point where they learn from each other. Yeah. Uh, well, so great. So let's review. What we have. I've got. <laughs> we've got a person sort of locked into their very busy life. Uh huh. Um, probably a little bit older than. Yeah. More established. Yeah. Um, Maybe I, this is the married person, if we want to include that. I think it, if we want to include a marriage, I think it's got to be this, this person. person. Yeah. Um, and then the other person is younger, a student, um, and sort of figuring out their life. Right. Um, Not yet settled. Yeah. Um, what? What are their... Social, socioeconomic states. Um, states. Statuses? Statuses. Statuses is that high. I mean, the stereotypical straightforward one would be that the hectic person is in a high power job, which is why their lives are so crazy, and so they're pretty well off versus the student who's like trying to make things meet. That's the stereotypical face value one, I think, when we say things like hectic and yeah. student. We don't have to go that route. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could just as easily uh, flip that and just make, I mean... Like the student can be really privileged. Yeah. Uh, Ivy Leaguer. Sure. And yeah. the hectic job Send is... To Princeton. Right. Um, <laughs> and the hectic job is actually like, I have to hold down three jobs in order to take care of my kids. Yeah. Or take care of my spouse who might be incapacitated. I don't know. Like that there's... That that doesn't necessarily come from a high socioeconomic status. Yeah, yeah. I think I like that. I think I like more. that too. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that gives us the contrast for what the student can learn about life mm-hmm. from the hectic life person. <laughs> I don't have labels yet for the but, yeah. Um, 
that there's that, you know, the student comes from a place of privilege uh-huh. and there's some eye opening that might need to happen by being in relationship with this other person. Yeah. Who... Yeah. Yeah. I think another dynamic to explore is like, um, I think when you, in this kind of a fair situation, like looking at the other, or like a long distance relationship or the, yeah, this kind of developing affair. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like easy to look at the other party and see what they are unhappy about mm. and feel like that is, they must be unhappy. Ah, uh, yeah. And like, we could be happy together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's also an illusion. Right. <laughs> like that person, we, we are all unhappy at times and we are all happy. Right. Um, I guess we aren't all happy all the time, but, um, you said at times, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think most people are happy at times. Sure. Yeah, that's a fair, that's like a safe enough statement. I don't want to offend <laughs> all the unhappy <laughs> people. I don't want to make any generalizations. Um, um Yes. But, uh... I mean, that speaks... What what you just said speaks to this thing that I think... I also don't want to make generalizations, but I think we all do it. We create stories about other people. When we see them, when we talk to them, we go like, oh, I think that they're really stressed out about this. But they never told us. We just assume based on the things that they said and how they're behaving. Um, And that kind of gets to... Not only do we create ourselves, or do these characters create themselves in the game, they also have to deal with the creation of how they see the other person. Yeah. So that's like a third layer yeah. or a fourth, 15th layer or whatever of like, I always thought because of your avatar, because of how we talked, you were this way. Yeah. But you're actually showing me that you're not that. Yeah. And that's another like, Oh shit, I was wrong yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I like, I'm, it's coming together for me in my, I feel like there's a lot of, interesting interactions yeah within this everything is coming back to identity and self self-actualization self-creation yeah and i but i think also what is important about that is like we're catching that in the context of interacting with other people yeah um because there's yeah i mean it's interesting to think about who am i and what who's my best self Mm-hmm. But really, I think what's most interesting and what creates the story is how does that person then interact with the world? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, how much do we want to decide more about these characters or do we want to just leave it vague? I mean, we have some more descriptors, but we don't necessarily know names, situations. Is yeah. That something we want to leave for today? I think it might Let be it hard sit. to do it on mic. That's um, true. Well, or I just think it might, because if we're nailing down names or whatever, I think it's just like... Boring to listen to us. <laughs> what if, <laughs> Janet, what if Sandra. Pat. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think we might want to just cool. sort of try... I think we got pretty close, and I think maybe we can just nail stuff down off mic. Yeah, and we should also maybe just be clear to our listeners, our many, many friends who are listening to this. Hello, Um, everyone. Hello, all the people we know who we told we were doing this. um, That uh, 
yeah, there will be we we will reach a place where we're going to have to have conversations not on this podcast, and we've already done it a little bit, but we're going to hit a place. Well, for example, when we're actually writing songs, there's no way we're going to. You don't. Yeah, you don't, don't want to sit with us while we. And we might be doing that in individual rooms. Yeah, like yeah. you don't want to sit there while we're just yeah. like. So it's going to be horrible, you guys. Yeah, you're not going to want to hear it. <laughs> so this first like phase of. Amwam is going to be more discussion oriented, but we will hit a place where, and, and we've talked about this, where we reach kind of a quote season's end, mm. because honestly, what the show will need at that point is for Austin and I to just sit together and like brainstorm, write, fight, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. have it out, um, and then we, and then when it makes sense, we'll start up again. Yeah. I'm making it sound like we're ending it now, but we're, we're not. not. We're going to keep going <laughs> for weeks. For weeks. um yeah well i think that about wraps it up for today yeah that feels good and yeah we'll see what this all yields all right thanks for listening bye amwam is produced by austin zumbro and min kong theme song composed by austin zumbro performed by austin zumbro and min kong logo designed by melissa nigro if you like our podcast be sure to tell your friends and subscribe